Hello, hello, hello. I trust everyone had a great day. Welcome back to another great episode. All right. I think it's great. Political talk. Down home. Talking about politics. No spin. I try to be as genuine as I can be. I hope everyone has having a great day. As you can see, the president is out campaigning like his life depended on it. You know, he's like a quarterback looking at the clock and seeing there's still time on it. He's, he's down, but he's going to will himself to win. He's going to find pockets where he knows he needs to find to adjust the Electoral College. Bid, you look at real-term politics, the Cook Report, you know, they all say Joe Biden's going to win. Even Nate Silver. But if you look at what was the basis of four years ago, if that would have held up, we'd be talking about President Clinton and can she survive a second term? It would be a big tell. I, you know, you could almost say that maybe Ted Cruz would be challenging her on the Republican side and he would have got the nomination. You know, him coming up second. You know, Democrats want to fall in love, Republicans want to get in line. That's the old saying, and I think Ted Cruz was next up. I think he would have been a very first, fierce, 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 very fierce primary. But I think when you looked at it, or when you look at it, I think Ted Cruz would have won. I think, um, I think Clinton would be in trouble. I think she'd have a very fractured Democratic Party right now, and every single story would be. How is she going to keep the coalition together to get her uh, a second term? Um, the biggest thing I think this week that I've been reading about is there's a civil war or a civil war that people want to happen. And it's just amazing that people want to go back in a time and fight something that shouldn't even matter. Don't get me wrong. We each have separate teams. You know, you're either a Democrat, you're a Republican. You know, your goal is to fight for your team. But what I'm trying to do here is I, I want to erase the teams. I want to be right down the middle. I want to be on the sidelines. And I think being in the teams is what's got us in the condition we are, we're in. We've allowed both parties to play, play us as they play both sides. You know, I mean, think about it. You, you're a Democrat. Joe Biden wins the White House. The Democrats win Congress. What changes? What changes? Nothing changes. Everything remains the same. Everything remains the same. Nothing changes. I mean, if you look at what what's going on, I mean, there are people right now who are hurting. And they've been hurting for a long time. And Donald Trump came along and he spoke to those people's ills. And the people listened and they, re they, re they reciprocated because they said, this man gets me. He gets me. He gets me. He, he hears me. 
He understands me. And that's a very powerful feeling when a politician you feel understands where you're coming from. Donald Trump understands these people. He spoke to these people. I think the problem Donald Trump's having now is he's running a 2016 campaign in 2020. To be successful in politics, you can never run the last campaign. You've always got to be one step ahead and be thinking ahead. Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, Ukraine, that's all, 20, that's all 2016. This is 2020. People right now are hurting, and they're looking for someone to hear their message, to speak to them. Look at the people that were going to kidnap the governor of Michigan. And then it came out they were going to kidnap the governor of Virginia. These people hit their breaking point. They have to be listened to. You have to understand where they're coming from. It's like someone said today, even if Trump loses and Biden wins, those people will still be here. They have feelings. They're hurting. Coronavirus was probably just the tipping point. Did the Michigan governor overreact? I think she overreacted a little bit. A little bit. Don't get wrong. We want, we want everyone to be safe from this deadly disease. But we also want people to live. You can't have it both ways. You can't say, shut it all down, but I'm not going to give you money to help you pay your bills. People are hurting, and they've been hurting a long time. They've had people in Washington say every four years, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. I'm fighting for you. But they weren't. They were only fighting for them on election day, and after election day, they didn't matter. They didn't matter. They didn't have to talk to them. Politicians, every four years, come talk to the middle class. And after the election, we never see you. There is a great responsibility, great responsibility, or a great feeling that there might be a civil war. Think about it. If Trump loses, is what people are saying, if Trump loses, People are going to get called to arms. Gun sales are through the roof. We are less than 20 days out from an election. Every four years, people say, this is the most important election of my lifetime. Well, guess what? It is. This is, I feel, the most important election of our lifetime. Are we going to build back better? Or keep America great again. Wait now, we sit at the tip of the spear and we could fall left or we could fall right. Both politicians are saying, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. Trump supporters are dug in. Dug in. There's nothing this man can do that can make his supporters turn away from him. We are in a new era. And it amazes me where people say a civil war is what we need. We don't need a civil war. We don't. We need politicians to come together. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if the Democrats went to Trump 
if you want a relationship, we'll give you a year to help you get things done. We will fight for you, not against you. It is not about politics, people. It's not. It can't be. Right now, people are hurting. People are dying. People don't know where their next meal or next check is coming from. And we are wild that a group are going to kidnap the governor of Michigan and Virginia, and we're shocked? The people who are shocked are the people who live in the bubble, who are so far removed from the American people that they don't understand our problems. There are people out here right now living check to check. They can't afford to take a sick day. They pray to God their kid doesn't get sick. And if he gets sick, they pray to God he just sucks it up to the end of the day. We don't want another civil war. We can't handle it. We have a president that talks law and order, but he, what has he done with law and order? I, I honestly think politicians sometimes don't know their words. They charge people up so fast, so hard. And people don't know what to do. All this bottled energy. A civil war won't solve anything but make the problem worse. So many people died in the civil war that didn't have to die. Brother against brother. Sister against sister. Well, sister against sister. There was no women in the civil war. I mean, but that's for a different story. There were women, but they were doing other tasks. I mean, if we go into it, that's a different podcast right there. But I just think when you look at it, people who couldn't see what was going on, what was going to happen in Virginia, are just so far removed. I mean, Trump speaks to these people. He speaks to their ills. You know, people say, he understands me, he gets me. You'd be surprised the houses I go by and I just see Trump signs, Trump signs. You know, with Bush, you, you, you might see a, 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 a sign here or there. But with Trump, it's a movement. These people are dug in for this man. That they don't know what to do if he would lose. What do they do? How do they go on? Do we want a civil war? Do we need a civil war to clean things up? We don't. One thing I would say, I pray to God Trump watches his rhetoric. Look at Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard got shot in the head by a constituent who saw a picture of a rifle sign on her district and that let her believe that she had to go out or he had to go out and hurt Tulsi Gabbard. Alter her life. For what? For what? Do you know that Rome that Rome The Empire of Rome lasted a thousand years. America is only 267 years old. 
could this election collapse us? The only election I can think of and prior that brings me to this moment is the 1860 election between Roosevelt, I mean, not, I'm sorry, between Lincoln and Douglas. Look at that time. The country was such in such turmoil. There was an underlying pinning of that election. And the moment that Lincoln won, seven states exceeded and left the Union. Left the Union. That's a big question that could happen now. If Biden wins, the one thing I fear I won't say, because all it takes is a deranged man that has this mindset that he he can fix everything, he can just by taking someone out. Like I told my buddy, you don't have to like Trump. You can say everything, he's not my president. But you have to respect the office, you have to respect the man, the man's a father, he's a husband, he's a grandfather. You know, he's playing a game, but I think he's playing it too loosely. I also think, if you look at it, I think Democrats are overpromising, just like the Republicans did. You should not overpromise. You need to be fair and honest to your supporters. They're looking to you for guidance on which way to go. Look to them. What does a civil war accomplish? Bloodshed? Death? It accomplishes nothing. It accomplishes nothing. I mean, as bad as it sounds, I could see it happening. I can see it happening. But it doesn't have to be. It does not have to be. I think the biggest thing that shocked shocked me about Trump is what he said about the Proud Boys. Stand back and stand by. Think about it. It's an old military term. When you tell someone to stand by, you're basically saying, prepare, prepare for battle. Stand by for orders. Stand by for orders. Should we stand by for orders? If you listen to this podcast, you should know. We sit in the middle. We want the best for everybody. A civil war is not the way to go. It's not. We lost 619,000 people in the war. How many much more do we have to lose now? The Wolverine militia was serious. They were going to put the woman on trial. And they were going to execute her. On trial. Because they felt their rights were taken away. If you look at both parties, I would tell the Wolverine clan militia, the Republicans are no better than the Democrats. Donald Trump 
has proven himself to be a clear politician, and he is no better than Barack Obama. He will say anything, do anything to stay in power, to get your vote. Joe Biden's been in Congress for 47 years, public life. What has he done to make your life better out of that 47 years? Name one bill that comes to mind. The only bill that people can think of when it comes to Joe Biden is the crime bill. 47 years, Joe Biden was taking bricks out of a house, which is the United States government. He was taking bricks, promising big things, and protecting the credit card companies who all live in Delaware. Was he speaking truth to power? No, he's never spoke truth to power. He's a typical politician. Trump's what? A typical politician. These people don't care. They're playing a game. The biggest thing right now for Trump is to rally up his supporters because he needs them. I said in past episodes, if you look, oh wait, the election was won in September. 12 Mitt Romney blamed the 47%. It was our fault. Hillary Clinton called us a box of deplorables. We're deplorables. We don't matter. Just because we support the president, we don't matter? Guess what? You do matter. And that's why Clinton's not president today. Because guess what? She did not matter. She did. She did not. And if you look at this election, if my friend said, Mark, when was the election? You knew the election was over. I heard a pundit say after the Oklahoma rally, and you could go back and say, yes. I mean, if you look at what Brad Parcells did, the man took 24, if not $30 million for himself. That is 24, $30 million of that campaign. Right now, I could probably use in a Midwestern state. Polls are tight. Trump is close. He's campaigning like it's 2016 all over again. People are hurting. Be it Biden, be it Trump, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. The people who want a civil war want to realign this country and make it for the people. Trump said the the election is rigged against him. Well, Mr. President, pass a bill or pass a law. Nationalize the election. Make election day a national holiday. Nobody should wait in line for fucking 11, if not eight hours to vote. This is not a fucking third world country. You're surprised about a civil war? I'm not. If you're surprised, you are no better than the politicians that sit in Washington, D.C. and sit in their fucking bubbles. That is why we don't have a stimulus right now. That is why Ms. McConnell rushed, rushed to sit someone on the court, pass the bill first, and then put her on the court.
How hard is that? We elected you to lead. Lead. Maybe we should strip money out of politics and, and make politicians live among the people. They don't. They don't. Every two, if not six, if not four years, they come to us and they say, vote for me again. I've done such a great job. What have you done? This country is a fucking mess. We need to get them all out. Pelosi, Schumer. Some would say even Trump, Biden. Let's have an etch a sketch. Let's 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 just just shake it up and start over, start from scratch. People want a civil war because that's what they want to do. They want to start from scratch. They want to start from scratch. The system is rigged against them. It's always been rigged against them. No matter who sits in D.C. or sits in the White House. They all lie. Nothing will change. And if it does, it'll be just around the edges. Obama passed a big bill on health. And guess what? He got beat up for it. The president, this president, passed the bill. A crime bill. Not a crime bill, but a bill, you know, we'll, we'll call it a crime bill. And guess what? It's the one thing he's done for black people. It's just amazing. I, I want you to, to look right now. I want you to close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. And think over, what has a politician done for me that's bettered my life? Think about it right now. What has they? What have they done? When I voted for Trump, what changed the next day? What changed? When Obama was in office, was my life better? Or was it worse? These are the things I think about. These are the things I feel. Nothing changed, and nothing will get better. Obama did the same thing just around the fucking edges. He didn't pass anything big. He did not pass anything big. I used to hear Obama hated politics. I used to always say I wish he had more fucking a backbone like fucking Bush. He didn't have to like Bush, but guess what? Bush had a fucking backbone. He would stand his ground. Fuck public sentiment or what the public wants. I'm fucking the president. People are shocked there's a civil war. People are hurting. People are hurting. If you're shocked, maybe you sit in the bubble that they that the president sits. We have to pop the bubble. We have to reflect on ourselves. Gun sales are through the roof. People are preparing because they don't know what the election's gonna hold. You know how scary that is? This is the fucking election of 1860, just done over. Do we elect Biden? Build back better? And as soon as we elect him, we have a czar ready to go that's going to lead up the coronavirus, the coronavirus task force? That's what we need. We need a czar. We need one central point person. 
a liaison, per se, in the White House. And that's what I would advise Trump and Biden. Take the politics, take all that out, and just focus on doing your job. The people that said Civil War, those are the people, Mr. President, you should be focused on. Don't rally up a civil war. Nothing good is going to ever come. Nothing good is going to come from it. Only hurt. Only trouble. <sighs> Stand by, proud boys. He said, Stand by. If that wasn't a military term, I don't know what is. We all have to stand by. We all want the best. We all want the greatest for our kids, for our families. But ask yourself this on election day. If Trump wins, where's your Trump prize? If Biden wins, where's your Biden prize? Where is it? These are the questions we should be asking and these are the questions we should be thinking about. As we sit here and we say to ourselves, how can I be more independent than I am now? Being purple is not a movement, it's a lifestyle. It's wanting elections nationalized. It's wanting a five-day work week with decent pay. It's wanting to make everyone's life around you better. If I move up, you move up with me. One team, one fight. If you can't see that, I don't know what you can see. I don't know what you see. I think the biggest thing, once the president said the election is gonna be rigged and all that, I think he would have had the greatest opportunity to push to nationalize election. Now, I know that if he did that, you'd see Secretary of State's pushing back and state rights and all that shit. But I think if he said, you know what, we're going to take the elections out of state's hands and put it in the government's hands, you know, nationalize elections, you know, more polling places, doing everything you can to make election day go as, go as smoothly as possible. That's what we need to do. We need to quit dividing and realizing that dividing doesn't solve anything. You talk about destruction. Well, you talk about, what was the song? It's a Beatles song. You say you want a revolution. Guess what? We all want to change the world. But when you talk about destruction, you can count me out. And that is one thing I would tell the Wolverine boys. I'm all for empowering people. I'm all for pushing to get your voice heard. But we have to do it the right way. We have to do it the right way, not the wrong way. And for so long, we've been doing it the wrong way. We have to do it right. Please stand with me. Stand with me tonight. Stand with me today and say no more. Trump, Biden, my life's not going to change. We have to force them to do the right thing. It, it's not going to be easy. It's only going to be hard. 
But if we stand up and take a stand now, we'll get away from this fucking mess of civil war. Rome only stood in power for a thousand years. A thousand years before the empire collapsed. We're at 248 days, or 248 years. Oh, I think so. Since the last civil war. Or since this country was founded, forgive me, 248 years. That's how old America is. Think about it. Nothing's going to change. I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat. What's going to change in your life? But have a president that tweets, tweets nonstop. It's always about him. He's the victim. He doesn't trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Civil war. Nothing good will come of it. Not, please, let's nationalize elections. Let's make it easy for everyone to vote. Please. Please. These are the things I think we have to think of, and these are the things we have to push to get right. Being purple is a movement. It's a feeling. It's a voice. It's wanting your voice to get heard and pushing it to it gets heard. If you enjoy the message, do me one thing. Do me one favor. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. Let me know I'm doing a good job. It's, it's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Please join me in the second half. And let's continue this dialogue. It's important, people. It is important. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hopefully you enjoyed the first half of the Civil War. Is that what we want? Is that where we're going? I hope not. I hope not. Like I said, I feel like this election has to be probably the most important election. I know every year, uh, someone I listened to said, every four years they say that. And I wonder, is is it true? You know, I honestly think this year, this election is the most important election. Because I think where we go today will define America for years to come. No matter who's the president. I think if we go left with Biden or if we go right with Trump, this election today will decide the fate of America for years to come. You have to believe me. You you have to understand me. And you have to be sitting there if you're listening to this podcast and realize it is true. Now, is Biden the best choice? No. He's not the best choice. I always say, imagine had the Democrats not fucked it up in Iowa. Buddha Judge would have edged out. Buddha Judge would have edged out Bernie, which would have in turn we would have come to New Hampshire. Now, New Hampshire, I like to think if Buddha Judge would have got some momentum going into New Hampshire, he might have won which in turn would have led us to Nevada. Now, you, you have a politician winning two states? Man, that's a lot of momentum. Now you have to make a decision. The people have to make a decision. Do they go with the guy who has the hot hand? 
or does Biden carry Nevada? I mean, let's two scenarios you could go. You could say Buttigieg wins Nevada. By that time, South Carolina, the black people look at the right on the wall. They like Buttigieg. They take a look at him and they say, you know what? We like him. He wins South Carolina. By that time, he goes into Super Tuesdays. Super Tuesday, he's unstoppable. Unstoppable. Biden drops out, and he's never heard from again. He's just a footnote of history. But think about it. A footnote of history. Now, let's, let's change that scenario around. Let's say, you know, Bernie... Loses two states, gets New Hampshire and wins. Biden, by some chance, he wins South Carolina. Now you have a three-way race. And then we go to Super Tuesday. I like to think the party would look at hard. And they probably would still back Biden in this one. Don't get me wrong, I like Buttigieg. I think he'd make a great president. I just think America has a hard time or would have a hard time electing a gay president. I mean, we're open to that. You know, I am, but you have to look at the mindset of where people are. Do I really want a gay president? Can I support that? I'll get wrong. I support gay rights. I'm not discriminative of that, but do I want a first man in the White House? That's a lot. That is a lot. <sighs> Less than 20 days away. Amazing. Amazing. Story I want to talk about now. Do you think politicians sometimes take their supporters for granted? I read two stories today. Um, the first one is the suburbs. Very eye-opening about how Trump's losing his suburbs. And... He's saying, please like me, begging white women in the suburbs. I once read a story that said Trump lost the, lost the Apprentice because by the third season, he made it all about him. And by then, people were just trumped out. I honestly think people are trumped out. And I think people in the suburbs said, you know, in the article, they, many people said they could not vote for Clinton, which I think she thought going into the election, she was just going to overwhelmingly get the woman vote. She, I, You know, what, this, what we're talking about, she took it for granted. And what happened? As you can tell, she's sitting at home and not at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But a lot of women in the suburbs are turned off by Trump. I think... The porn star thing, the, the the money, how swampy it's been at the White House. People are turned off of him. If you have, and, and and he made a comment at a rally where he said, "Well, if it wasn't COVID, and it wasn't this, I'd be winning this race." And you know what? I say to that, "You're probably right, Mr. President. If you had a good economy, COVID never happened." You would be a sure thing to win re-election. A sure thing. But guess what? 
We don't live in that reality. We live in a reality where you butchered the virus. We, we still don't have what we need. People are still dying, and it's only getting worse. You downplayed it. And look what it's cost you. It's going to cost you, or could cost you, re-election. Can you imagine that Trump done things right? Can you imagine? Even though the virus is starting to rise again, we would still stand and support the president because we would say, you know what? At least he's trying. At least he is trying. We cannot blame Trump for the virus. We have to blame him for how he's handled it. That's what I'm judging him on. I'm not blaming him for the virus because guess what? The virus is not his fault. Now my buddy travels in conspiracy theories and he believes the virus was planted by China to get rid of Trump. I said, man, you're crazy. But could it be? Think about it. This is not a conspiracy theory podcast, but think about it. Russia was so dead set, as they say, parentheses, dead set on getting Trump elected. China is dead set, from what my reading and from what I hear, on getting Biden elected. What's the best way? Create a virus? Have it hit the United States? And just hope and pray that he butchers it so bad? that it allows the Democratic candidate, which is Joe Biden, to win the election. White women in the suburbs are leaving Trump. And if you read that article, it could possibly affect the Republican Party for years to come. Because many of them have tied Trump to the party. So much so that... You can just see, if you look at the polls right now, or where people are probably looking at internal polls, that the party is starting to split from Trump, which is amazing, because for four years, four fucking years, they've stood toe-to-toe and did everything this man wanted them to do. And now, they're starting to make some daylight. This is the part about politics that people don't like. You, you, you stood with Trump through the good times, you gotta stand with him through the bad. It's not like all of a sudden we forget, excuse me, it's not like all of a sudden we forget the things that you did when you were backing him and all his, as my friend would say, crazy bullshit shit he was doing. We still remember the American people aren't stupid, but you you, you almost would like to think we are. People would like to think we're stupid. We're not. Ben Sass, I, I know you stood toe-to-toe with the president. Don't cut a video and leak it to the media now because you want to, you know, be open and honest with the American people. Come on. I'm not stupid. Nobody is. We know you see the writing on the wall. People who... I'm going to go a different direction right now where I wanted to go. 
people right now who look at Trump and say Trump is strong, Trump, he controlled the party, and he did this and that. I'm going to push back on that theory because if you look at what Trump happened when Trump got in, the Republican Party controlled Washington. They controlled the House, the Senate, the courts for two years. Two years. What happened to the wall? What happened to the wall? They had power for two years, and the Republicans, the Republicans who controlled the Senate, would not give the president the wall. Neither the Republicans in the House, who controlled, were in the majority at the time. They made Trump do health care first, which, if you look at it, was the fucking worst idea they could have done. That proved to me, when you think about it, because in two years the Democrats took control and he was bitching about the fucking wall, I started thinking, why is it Nancy Pelosi's fault you didn't get the wall? What happened two years ago? Mitch McConnell played you because he wanted to put fucking people on the court. He needed a vessel, and Mr. President, you became that vessel. He got his wish. They put young people on the court. Some not qualified, but some who are. And they played you. They made you do health care first. You shouldn't have done health care first. You should have did infrastructure. You would have got Democratic votes. Then you could have went straight into health care, where you could have split the Democratic Party in half and made it and called it a bipartisan bill. But you didn't do that. You listened to Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan, who led you astray. And now look where you sit. Three weeks before Election Day, the suburbs are turning their backs on you. Women are tagging the Republican Party with you, maybe for the rest of their lifetime. There's even talk once again of having a, a Democratic majority for years. You, you know who also had that talk? Talk to Paul. Talk to um, Roe. You know, the guy, the brain, talk to the brain who basically was an advisor to George Bush. They believe the same thing, Karl Rove. When a party starts thinking that, they've lost. They've lost. There is no clear majority. This country will vote you out as well as vote you in. This country sits in the middle. Some people say center right. I say center left. This is a center left country. But if we feel like you're going too far right or too far left, guess what? We'll bring you back and go right. Every Democratic proposal is not a good one. My biggest fear is if the Democrats get back in power, they're going to overreach, they're going to overdo it, they're going to overplay their fucking hand. For what? What? Baby steps. Baby steps. The one thing I would say to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Biden, if he happens to win, I would look at them in the face and I'd say, you know what? I know you want to go big. I know the, the base is going to want some shit right fucking now because they're going to be like, you know what? We got you that election and you owe us, Mr. President. You owe us. So here's our wish list. Not even a wish list. Here's our, li our, our list. 
We want you to deliver. We want you to deliver. The question is, will he be strong enough to push back? Or will he go along with it? Because he feels he has to. Packing the court, dumb idea. Removing the filibuster, dumb idea. Legislation goes to the House, hot. Goes to the Senate to cool, because it has to wait. Every progressive idea is not a good one. Every Republican idea is not a good one. But I think you got to have some of what of a mixture, but that takes both parties working together. That's why I said, can you imagine if the fucking first year of the president, they said, Mr. President, we're going to work with you and not against you? The same people who, said, who told me to give Trump a chance. Where were you when you, when, by, when you wouldn't give fucking Obama a chance? You can't have it both ways. Those same people, if Biden happens to win, I'm going to go to you and I'm going to say, give Biden a chance. Let him govern. The man won. And if he wins by a clear mandate, the man won. The people spoke. Right now, 17 million people have already cast their ballot. There are people waiting in line for eight hours. Now, uh, my buddy says, Mark, who do you think that bodes well for? I say, Joe Biden. If you're, a tr if you're a Trump, you should be scared. Here's a man sitting in the... Here's a man sitting in Florida and begging suburban women to like him again. Mr. President, maybe cut all the fucking tweeting out. Be presidential. Quit the name calling. Quit the name calling. Only you can win this, but it's going to take discipline. You can will yourself back to a second term. It's not too late. But it's going to take discipline. It's going to take the tw stop tweeting and top stop bullying. You want a second term, or you want to be like Jimmy Carter? God, you know. What do you want, Joe Biden? You're going to have to stand up to the fucking left if you win. Don't let them railroad you. Push back on ideas that you know are stupid and will only hurt your chances in a reelection. Now, now, Mark, you're, you're making it. No, no, no. It shouldn't. I think when you're president, you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't be in the White House with the, the mindset already winning a, a second term. That was the one thing about Trump that was amazing. The man had just got elected and he was already running again. Keep America great. He was running again on what? On what? You are the government. You're no longer an outsider. You just got elected. You fix the problems at Yale America. That's why we put you there. You told us only long you could fix it. What has he fixed? What has he done? Has he made your life better? Has he made my life better? The tax cut, I got an extra $100 on a job I had. Extra $100. And the company was so fucking stingy, they wanted to use that extra fucking money to give me a raise. They wanted to make it all about a fucking incentives. Incentives. Just pay me the fucking money. I don't want fucking incentives. Why should my pay 
be determined on someone else. Just pay me the money that I'm owed. I will bust my ass for you, but pay me the money that I'm owed. What has this president done? The same thing I would say to people who support Obama. What has he done to make your life better? People are turning away from this president, left and right. And you have to ask yourself, why? He tops out at 44%. That's his base. If he loses this election, he lost this election the moment he decided to just speak to his base in 2017. Please like me again. Mr. Trump, we want to like you again. But we need to know you're going to be presidential the next go around. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Another story. You know, I'd have to go back. It's just, it's just amazing. Another story that I was reading. Another story that I was reading is the black vote. Ice Cube was working with the White House on a on a big policy that's going to help improve black lives. And he's getting flack for it. You know, he was doing it in the dark in a sense, but he's getting flack for it because people are saying what the Trump administration's coming up with is so fucking thin. You know what you're proposing. You know. I'm seeing a number of 20% of black men supporting this president in the next election. That lets me know that if you're a Republican operative, look at that number. 20% black men are buying his message. That's an opening for you. He was the only Republican to come to a black church and tell them, what do you have to lose? To speak to them for the first time and not be scared and just write them off. For so many years, Republicans have wrote the black vote off. And the last two cycles, if you would have asked me, I would have said, you know, it's very gettable. Democrats don't own it. I think the Democrats have taken the black vote for granted. They just automatically assume that it's going to be there. Same thing for the Hispanic vote. And that's the one thing that Bernie was telling Joe Biden's image, Joe Biden's campaign to worry about. They're larger than the African-American community. You cannot turn your back on the Hispanic community. You cannot turn your black on the, your back on the black community. But at the same token, you cannot only talk to us every four years. You've got to talk to us every single day to let us know, to let us know that you care and what you're doing to better our lives. These are the things that we have to do today. And if you're a Republican, if I'm a Republican operative, I'm looking at that 20%, and I'm trying to figure a way that I can grow it before the election. 
And if I can't grow it on this election, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can grow it on the next election. So, Mark, you're saying that Democrats could possibly lose the black vote? Yes. Yes. There's a clear chance right now that the black vote could be lost. And if Democrats lose the black vote, what do they got? But at the same token, I will say, Republicans, be careful. There are some conservative black folks, as well as there are a lot of liberal black folks, as well as ghetto black folks. But for Trump to get 20% of the black vote, you have to look at that number. And that should scare the shit out of you. It should. I know I'm looking at it. I'm shocked. Drinking my coffee. I'm sorry. A little bit of a coffee addict. So, my message in this half was just, why do the why do politicians take certain groups for granted? Is it because they think they'll always be there? They can always lean on them? That, oh yeah, you're not going anywhere? When in fact they are? You know, the question should be, if you're a politician, how can I make your life better? You know, right now, if I'm Joe Biden or I work for the Joe Biden team, I'm going in those black communities and I'm talking to those black voters and being like, why are you voting for a Republican ticket? Let me know. That's the only way I believe Democrats can fix this. You have to go to the source. You have to go to the people. You have to talk to them and get an answer. What am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? And once you get your answer, once you get your answer, you fix it. That's why I say there's still a chance. <laughs> there is still a tr- chance Trump wins this. But he needs everything to go straight on that on election night. He needs every. When I say everything, he needs that day to just be effortless, perfect. It's, I would I would look at the president right now and I'd say, Mr. President, it's not over. You can still win this. We've got 20% of the black vote. We're winning the Hispanic vote. We're winning the message. We are clawing our way back in this race. People and scholars will say, Mr. President, that you were down twice and you came back. Every single fucking time. Every single fucking time you came back. You clawed your way back. You fought your way back. You wheeled your way back. That's why people like you, Mr. President. You've got swag. You've got a desire to win this. This is not, this isn't, you're running like it's 2016 because you know you can win and you're seeing holes that you can puncture to win this race. The race is not over, folks. 
If it was, I'd tell you. But I honestly believe it's not over. I think if this was 2016, if 2016 had gone the way everybody thought, and you asked me, I'd say, yeah, the race is over. This race isn't over. Joe Biden better run like he's behind and just keep pushing. Keep pushing and push hard, Mr. President. Push hard, Mr. President. Keep pushing, keep working, keep out campaigning. Stay on the road. Hit the states that you need to hit. Leave the states that you won last time and just believe in them. Believe in them. Because right now it looks like you're desperate. But believe in the states that got you to, that helped you win the dance. Helped you win the dance, Mr. President. I would talk to Mr. I would talk to the vice president and say, Joe, you could still lose this. The polls might look favorable now, but they looked favorable for Hillary Clinton too. You need to campaign like your life depended on it, like the polls had you down, like this was a good economy. Trump can come back and Trump can win. That's what you need to do. Like I said, why do we why do parties take people for granted? Why do they? Why did Hillary Clinton take the big three for granted? Because as a politician, you always feel like you have nothing to worry about. That those people who have voted Democratic in the past will vote Democratic again, will vote Democratic again and a Republican again, and you can just put your name on it, on the ballot, and guess what? The people that voted you in last time will vote you in again. That's what they feel, and that's what they believe. Like Hillary Clinton, she looked at the polls, she took a big three for granted. August, she was up in the polls, Trump was down. She let off the off the gas tank, and guess what? It cost her the election. Ladies and gentlemen, if you ever run for office, don't take anybody for granted. Don't take any vote for granted. If there's time on the clock, there's time on the clock. I remember when I was a uh, back in high school, I used to record the girls' basketball team. Seventeen seconds left on the clock. Timeout. We're up. We're somewhat celebrating. By the time the game was over, we lost. You don't take your foot off the gas until you got zero, zero, zero on the clock. You don't. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, it's been a pleasure. <sighs> Remember, never take anything granted. We're still in this. We can still win. One way or another. <laughs> Do we build back better? Or do we make America great again? Please like me again. Please. The suburbs will come back, Mr. President. You just have to believe in your message and keep pushing and keep fighting. Don't talk to us every four years. Talk to us every single day.
the black vote is still up for grabs. Maybe not this election, but the next. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe. Please leave a message. Thank you. Have a good night.